right, all right, here we go. This is the NBA Dream Podcast for RJ Bell's Dream Preview. I'm your host, Sleepy J, joined once again by NBA betting expert, got Mackenzie Rivers in the house. Mackenzie and I will go ahead, we'll cover some hot NBA topics, the NBA Wednesday games, and of course, we'll go ahead, we'll give you guys our best bets. Also, Wednesday is our time for our featured podcast segment, the Wednesday Five. I'll announce last week's winner here in a little bit. If you guys don't know what the Wednesday Five is, stay tuned, find out, and you guys can go ahead and you can win yourself a little bit of cash. Let's go ahead and let's bring in Mackenzie. Matt, quick question for you. NFL Thanksgiving football or NBA Christmas basketball? Oh, that's a good one. I don't think I've ever crossed uh, cross-referenced those two, but those two are very singular in my mind. Uh-huh. I feel like Thanksgiving, that football is expected. It's like what the family is gathered around for, even in the morning when you're prepping and you're cooking. You know that game's going to be on. You know the uncle's going to be talking about it and this, that, and the other. I feel like the NBA Christmas games are like a little private treat where I can get away from the opening of presents and all that hubbub for a second and watch some Knicks Hawks in the morning. Or, you know, after all the commotion of Christmas has died down, I can see what's going on with the Lakers as they host the Nets or something like that. It just seems uh, seems like a treat, like a, like a little, uh, less, you know, something special just for me every Christmas. So that's the one that I've always gravitated towards more, NBA Christmas for me. What about you, man? I would probably go with NFL Thanksgiving football. I think there's probably a couple of reasons here for that. One, I love the fact that the NFL added an extra game. You know, we have the night game now. You know, it was two games for years. It was, you know, like 1230 and 330 or 4 o'clock or something like that. And those two games constantly ran into, you know, dinner, trying to take a nap, shit like that. And now it's like you have the night one. So you have time to do dinner, you have time to take a nap, and you have time to watch football. But on Christmas, like that's like the family day. So let's say you have a kid or something like that. It's like, dude, like you do this every day. You're watching hockey. You're watching soccer. You're watching rugby. You're watching baseball, basketball, football, pool, cricket, darts, you name it. It's like, dude, could you for one day, please? Okay, great. So it's a day where me, I would probably get yelled at. So I'm going to avoid that. Now, I watch the games. Don't get me wrong. You know, I'll have, I'll have the game cast on or I'll have a TV on here. But it's not it's not a day where I could sit down and watch five basketball games. Like I could – and I always felt like NFL Thanksgiving football, Mac, was always – it was a given. It was accepted to eat dinner right. and have football on. NBA basketball, I think you're – look, if you're a single guy, have at it. But if you got a family – I'm guessing that some of the guys that are listening to this podcast probably have heard it before to turn the TV off. It's time to spend time with your family because you don't all year long, at least if you're in our business. And sure, there's other people out there that work their rear ends off too. So. Speaking of rear ends, do you know the first, I believe it's the first, night Thanksgiving game, that, that first time they added a third game? Jets-Patriots, 2012. You might remember the butt fumble. Mark Sanchez ran into his own offensive lineman's rear end and they said this is it this is magic we're gonna have this each and every year this is the best thing that's ever happened so you can thank mark sanchez for a permanent fixture a third nfl game i mean we couldn't pass it up after that i'm guessing the ratings were probably high for that one i I think i remember on facebook mac like they had like the center there or something like that with like a turkey popping out and and sanchez falling back uh i do remember a little bit of that you want to do dealer's choice, Mac? You never get to pick anything. And Yeah, uh, right? You're always yeah. getting in my grill about this lifestyle section <laughs> of our of our podcast here. Let me ask you, Sleep. What is the most interesting place that you happen to fall asleep? 
Were you ever in trouble? Were you ever like, man, I can't believe I fell asleep there. What's the craziest place you ever had to fall asleep or you ever fell asleep? All right. So craziest place I ever fell asleep. I can tell you the worst, and this is an easy one. It was when I was in the Marine Corps. They have a thing called the crucible. And for any of you guys who went through that, you, you'll probably remember this. They had like these makeshift barracks, Mackenzie, where they had like these bunks in there and stuff like that. And we were on our feet literally for like days. Feet were, were barking. I mean, we had blisters. Uh, the people's feet were bleeding. We didn't eat. We were, you know, marching for freaking 10, 15, 20 miles. Um, didn't sleep. So we were all excited. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, you guys are going to get some sleep tonight. You get a couple hours. It was like, thank God. And then they open the door and we walk in and it's these bunk beds and there's no mattresses there. It's just springs. And we're like, okay, we'll give it a shot. And it didn't look too appetizing. I'll tell you what, it was probably like the worst sleep I ever got. And we were all trying to sleep like on the floor and they would not let us. They were like, you have to sleep in, a, I guess, like a compromised position in a place where you're not going to be comfortable. But if you need to close your eyes in order to survive, this is where you need to do it. And this is how, you know, it is what it is. So you got springs like popping in your back and in your neck and in your ass and every other damn thing. And it was just like, it, it was not comfortable. So that was, uh, by far for me, that was the worst. I never, you know, I never slept in jail or slept in prison. So I, who knows what that, what that's like, but yeah, I, I remember that. Like it was yesterday, not comfortable. First of all, thank you for your service. Veterans day just, just passed. Thank you for your service, both in the Marines and in the military. My story doesn't pales in comparison to, uh, your harrowing story of you know protecting our country. Craziest place I ever went to sleep was probably on a school field trip to North Park University, about a six-block walk from our high school. I, I'm still baffled that this was a field trip. But anyway, I get there, and they start explaining the Dewey Decimal System or something just insanely <laughs> uh, mundane. And much like Homer Simpson when he heard Ned Flanders go on and on about apple cider, my head... My consciousness just popped up out of my head and said, you can stay, but I'm getting out of here and flew somewhere else because they got into that spiel about the Dewey Decimal System. And five minutes later, I was being held by my history teacher, my world history teacher, apparently. I don't remember this, but this is what's told to me. And uh, I was given smelling salts or something because I was out. I just fainted cold at North Park University. So wait a minute. So this is the school field trip, and they took you to a library. Was this like to a military? a library. I don't understand what they were thinking. No, it was a regular high school. Oh, so this wasn't like a military school or detention school or nothing like that. It was a regular school. <laughs> no, no. I had to test it. It was a tough school to get into, too. And I'm like, wait a minute. We're doing what? I'm glad it was free. Otherwise, I'd ask for my money back. <laughs> well, I, uh, <clears throat> I, I wasn't really allowed on field trips because I was that kid that um, you know, I would tear stuff, stuff. Yeah. I would tear <laughs> stuff up. Like they would have to ask my parents if I was allowed to go to, you know, this place or that place, because they were worried, like, are you going to assume responsibility for James today? If we take him to the library, because we already know he's going to tear all the pages out and destroy books and, and, and just create damage. That was me when I was a kid. So I didn't have many field trips like that, but, um, interesting so a little bit of a and your parents said no we do not trust him to go on those field trips he will not go <laughs> never never only, <laughs> the only time i was really allowed to do stuff like that was if it involved any any type of sports anything athletic i was allowed to do that because i would completely focus on that like that was my thing like you know i was athletic like i love gym but you take me to a library i can guarantee you damage will happen <laughs> and i would be grounded for, without a doubt without a doubt my father was sitting here. He would tell you the same thing. Uh, but there you guys go. A little bit of a look inside of uh, 
me and Mackenzie's life there. Let's go ahead and Mac, and let's get into some games here. Uh, let's start it out with your game here. We got the Kings, we got the Hawks, and the Hawks right now are going to be minus six. We have a total of two thirty-eight and a half. How you feeling about Sacramento and Atlanta? It's a very interesting matchup. So let me just uh, let me tell you what the market is telling us, and let me ask you what your opinion is on it. So this number right here is five and a half. It's moved down from six. Hawks favorite at home over the Kings. Now the Kings uh, played Tuesday night. So this Wednesday game is a back-to-back, the second night of a back-to-back on the road. NBA is very consistent. NBA Vegas betting market is very consistent about assigning two points negative, dropping your points about two points, dropping your uh, power rating about two points every time you're on the road end of the second night of a back-to-back. So take two points away from the spread. We get to three and a half. Hawks favored by three and a half. Take out the two and a half for home field. Mark is telling us that the Hawks right now are currently one point better than the Kings. I think a lot of people that are tuning into the NBA, at least the last two weeks, would be like, that's crazy. Kings are undefeated their last seven. They're beating teams by 13 points per 100 possessions. So that lands us on our conundrum here. And I'll ask you, do you think we have enough data through 15 16 games in the Kings case to say how good this Kings team is. And if we say that, are they better than this Hawks team? Because the Hawks team in my power ratings, kind of like the Pacers were forever, have been deadly consistent, being one to two points better than an average team. I don't think I've made rose them too much farther than that during their best of times, almost making the uh, finals, losing to the Bucks in six two years ago, and even in their worst of the times when they ended up getting – Barely made the playoffs and getting blown out in the first round. Even in the worst of times, they were about an average team, maybe a half point better. So the, to the Kings to be one point worse than the Hawks at this point, or maybe you disagree with that and you think they're better, that's a tremendous acceleration for the Kings. And the Kings have a reason. They had a late trade in last year. They got Sabonis to add to De'Aaron Fox. And this year, they added Mike Brown to restart his coaching career. I'm not quite sure I'm there yet. The market is kind of like with the Jazz. I need a little more. I need to see a little bit more. But I'll ask you, out of these teams, who's the better team right now? The Hawks, who have been you know, two points better than average for the last three years, added DeJounte Murray, or the Kings, who are killing teams over the past two weeks, have a new coach, have a new philosophy. Or But maybe it's just a small sample. That's my conundrum. I don't know. What do you make of it? Who's a better team right now? You agree with the market? You agree with me? Hawks, Kings. What do you, what do you make of it? It's a good question, and I think that it's it's tough really to answer there, Mac, because the Kings have been rolling. Atlanta hasn't put back to back wins together in quite some time. Atlanta's not blowing teams out. I mean, they got beat by the Cavs, got beat by the Celtics, got beat by the Seventy Sixers. It's tough, man. Like this team is, is very Jekyll and Hyde, and the Kings, you know, they're coming up playing really well. I mean, they added the Herder from Atlanta, so maybe yeah, that helped. Kevin Herder shooting eight threes a game, making half of them. Uh, those are just unreal numbers. The kind of numbers that think maybe this is more of a hot streak than something fundamental. My take on the game and this matchup is I'm not sure about that question, who's better, the Kings or the Hawks, is a point separation. Either way, regardless of the answer to that question, I lean to the Kings here. Because I think a team with a Kevin Herter, with a new coach, with a young, exuberant squad that is ascending to a new tier in their franchise's development, 
I feel like you shrug off the second night of a back-to-back. I feel like those two points the market is going to sign to every team on the second night of a back-to-back, I can kind of disregard here. For that reason alone, strongly into the Kings here. All right, so let me throw a quick question at you. The fact that the Kings ended up going four full quarters last night, um, yes, they got a win, but they did have to, you know, they got pushed all the way to the brink of the fourth quarter against Memphis. And they, the the starters went heavy minutes in that one. Does that worry you that they that they went heavy minutes? Do you have enough enough faith in that Kings bench to go in and kind of hold them together? Sure, and it's a good question. I think there's two aspects of fatigue that's always present in every sport. There's mental fatigue, which is can you crank it up to 10 when you need to? And there's physical fatigue, which you can't do nothing about. Your body's not going to be there necessarily. And that's the fatigue that I worry about because they did go four quarters. Malik Monk did have to hear John Morant whisper in his ear with free throws at the end of the game on the line. So that's that's real fatigue. That's something that you can't just shrug off. However, mentally, I feel like they are going to turn it on. So maybe if you're looking at this game, King's first half is the way to go because you can control the kind of intensity you bring to a game regardless of your physical fatigue. But with a not that great of a bench in the second half, that's something to worry about for sure. It's a it's a fair it's a fair question. All right. So it sounds to me like you you know, I don't want to say that you're a buyer of the Kings, but I do want to talk about them for a second because they've won seven games in a row. Right now they're currently third in the West. But let me compare another team to them, another team that's actually quite surprising. And tell me if you're a buyer of them because I, I don't know what to make of this team either. They're kind of in the same bucket right now with the Kings for me, and that's the Indiana Pacers. They've won five in a row. They're fourth in the East. Now, I know the East has had a little bit of trouble. Do you feel the same way with Indiana, or do you maybe feel like maybe they're a little bit more fool's gold here um, than than a real actual contender right now? I think it's a little bit more fool's gold, and here's why. The Kings' ascendancy, a little bit belated, maybe it needed a new coach to kick it into gear, makes perfect sense. De'Aaron Fox was like John Morant. I mean, really, there was no difference in their in in how good people considered them. 18 months ago and he's you know had deal, dealt with some injury uh they ended up trading Halliburton the other point guard because it didn't really work with him but all right all that's in the past now he has a coach that believes in him he has a system that believes in him he has a running mate in Demonte Sabonis it makes sense that he would be on that trajectory with the Pacers it's harder for me to make that case Halliburton's playing all right he's one of the favorites for most improved player but it's really been their rookie Benedict Matherin that's been the big surprise and Miles Turner's played a lot better than expected. I'm still curious if he's going to be on the team, if he's in Rick Carlisle's long-term plans. It really doesn't seem like that for, for most of his tenure there. I don't see the building blocks like I see in Sacramento. I see two all-star caliber players with a group that are, that's surrounding them that makes sense in Sacramento. In Indiana, I see a coach that I really respect has had tremendous success. I see the results. I don't see how. And that, that's what makes it, for me, uh, a sell, where I, I'm not, um, you know, keep my head on a swivel. I might change my opinion down the road. But the Kings ascending makes sense to me. Kind of feels like the Grizzlies last year. Again, that John Morant comparison. Pacers, it feels more like the Hornets a couple of years ago with Kemba Walker when they were, you know, best ATS team in the league through December. And they ended up winning like 20, 25 games. So sometimes it happens like that. Sometimes you just get hot. That's what I feel like what's going on with Indiana. Yeah, I'll agree with you with that. With the Kings, for me, like that was a team last year that I thought that we would see better things from them with Fox and with Sabonis. I'm like, this this is actually a pretty good one-two punch inside and out. 
And it seems like it's it's starting to take form. And the rest of the guys that you know that are around that team right now, it seems like they're buying in. Yeah, I don't know what to make of Indiana. Like I said, the, the East has just had a lot of issues. I mean, you got like Embiid's going down for games. Giannis is going down for games. There's a lot of players that are in the East that just aren't on the floor. Kyrie, you know, another one. Like there's big name players. And I wonder if they've just been able to go ahead and get over some of these teams. And look, they that team was put together, I thought, to go ahead and tank, very similar to like the Utah Jazz. So maybe they're just playing, you know, above their rim right now, just kind of getting hot. So I don't know. But I'm more of a believer in the Kings than I am than I am with the Pacers. Um, so with that game out of the way and a little bit of a Kings and Pacers talk, I'm sure you guys probably didn't expect that. Let me go ahead and highlight one of the marquee games uh, for you guys tomorrow, and that's going to be the Boston Celtics and the Mavericks. Current line in this game right now, Celtics are going to be minus four here at home. Um, I would look at taking them there, Mac. And now Tatum's listed as questionable, and I think he'll probably end up playing. He had a, an ankle sprain or something like that, but he did. He played the entire last game, so it couldn't have been too bad. Maybe it's just you know show up on the injury report. But with the Mavericks, Dinwiddie's day-to-day too, so they couldn't miss him, and Kleber's out. If Dinwiddie and Kleber end up missing this game, Dallas is going to get blown out, especially if Tatum's on the floor. But here's my big concern here for the Mavericks. Their road record's not that good, and Boston has just been dominating at home. So I really don't think that the four makes sense to me. If this was like seven, I would probably have a little bit of caution here for Boston. But I, I, I there's no way I can get to the Mavericks here, even with the the regular guys on the floor. Even if Dinwiddie and Kleber were out there, it's just tough for me to take the Mavericks right now. It's not like they're playing great basketball. Like they don't seem like they have it really going right now. And I think in order to go into Boston and, and hang with that team, you better be freaking good because Boston's going on the road beating good teams and covering spreads. So Boston at home for me would get my money here minus the four. I will recommend that we do watch, you know, what goes on with this team because we could end up with a complete flip-flop where Tatum's out and Dinwiddie plays, and then, you know, things are going to get interesting. So if you're looking to play in Boston, do it now and hope that maybe Dinwiddie sits and and Tatum plays. I think you're going to end up with a real good ticket in your pocket. So uh, Celtics for me minus four. I'll watch, you know, watch the the market and see what happens there, Mac. Let me ask you a question on the Mavericks. They were kicking this around on the Bill Simmons podcast with uh, Haralabob Volgaris, former Maverick staffer, former professional better, all the above. And they asked a very simple question when I ask, kick it over to you. Who is the second best player on the Dallas Mavericks? Because it should be Christian Wood. I mean, it should money, money wise, asset wise, stats wise. They brought Christian Wood to be Porzingis that wasn't to do that job, be that big score shooter. Uh, to put alongside Luka Doncic. However, I'm not sure it's working that great. I'm, I'm not sure Dinwiddie isn't a more important player to that team right now. Well, I think the one the one issue that that team had was, the, you know, the departure of Brunson that they be, I mean, that was the team that they ended up going to the Western Conference final with. So there was a makeup there. There was a chemistry there that really worked with Luka and Bullock and, and Finney Smith and stuff like that. So it's like, all right, let's get rid of him. And it was like, well, well who do you have next? Well, I guess Dinwiddie's the guy. And like you said, they're trying to bring a guy in to fill the shoes of Porzingis. And I never felt like – I felt like that Mavericks team didn't work all that well when Porzingis was on there. So as far as Wood's concerned, he could be the most talented player on the floor. I mean, even even more than Luka. Uh, he, he's just he's, – he's crazy athletic. But my concern with him is that he disappears at times. He's not going to be the second most relied upon player, I can tell you that. And the Boston Celtics are the exact opposite team. They're not heliocentric. Jason Tatum is a very good player, maybe a top 10 player in the league. But watching him, if you just turned on the Celtics and watched 10 minutes, you wouldn't necessarily know who their lead guy was. 
where if you watch the Mavericks, you turn on 10 minutes of Mavericks, especially with Luka Doncic out there and he's not on the bench, you know exactly who the most important player is, who the game plan was about. And that makes it, I think, um, I think that's a disadvantage, especially against the better teams here. So I agree with you. I lean to Boston. I think that multiplicity of attack uh, will end up being the difference in this one. All right. Well, at least you, uh, you're feeling pretty good about my pick there with Boston. Uh, let's go and let's do a coupon here, Mac. I want to save some people some money uh, over there at pregame.com. Let's do two. All right. We'll do two then. Here's the one that I know about. Gobble, gobble. That's going to be your code, gobble, gobble. That's good for $40 off any subscription right now at pregame.com for the next seven days. And let me throw this at Mac, and then you could do the other half of the coupon. There's gonna, there's going to be an NFL forum contest for Thanksgiving. I'm gonna put this up in the forum. I haven't fully decided what I'm gonna do yet, but I'm pretty good at making these kind of hard. But if you guys end up getting what I'm thinking right, then you're gonna get a hundred pregame bulk dollars in your account. So it's gonna be a fun one, quick and easy. Uh, there's not gonna be a whole lot of thinking going on. Probably not a whole lot of handicapping. It's just going to be a fun little NFL contest for the Thanksgiving Day games only where you guys can go ahead. You could pick up 100 pregame bulk dollars for your account. Now, uh, as I mentioned, gobble, gobble, again, save you $40 on any subscription for the next seven days at pregame.com. Mac, you have a coupon. What do you have? Yes, gobble, gobble will save you $40 off any subscription on pregame.com, but maybe you're not ready for a subscription. Maybe you just want to see the sausage being made, maybe Thanksgiving. You're like, all right, if you're so good, give me your best bet Thanksgiving and we'll take it from there. I'm not sure about a subscription. Well, the coupon code GOBBLE, one time, G-O-B-B-L-E, is $25 off anything on pregame.com. Subscription, daily package. So if you like a best bet and you've always wanted to see what that best bet on a game day was, but you don't want to spend any money, GOBBLE. G-O-B-B-L-E, $25 off anything on pregame.com. All right, so if you're sure, it's gobble, gobble. And if you're not sure, then it's just gobble. (laughs) We spelled it out for him. All right, what if we had like gobble, gobble, gobble? Do we have enough characters in our coupon code box to fit gobble, gobble, gobble or not? Let me talk to the tech team. Uh, Let me gather everybody. I feel like that's got to be priority one. Gobble, gobble, gobble's got to happen. That would be like, maybe like, purchasing like a sleepy j year package or like a, a mckenzie uh you know six month package all right max so you mentioned best bets let's go ahead and let's give the people what they want and that's a double like best bet mckenzie and i are both on the same pick so here's the game we're going to go ahead we're going to attack the pelicans and they're going to be on the road here in san antonio mckenzie and i are making our best bet it's a double best bet on the New Orleans Pelicans minus the six and a half. I'm going to try to find something positive to say about this Spurs team. I don't know if I can. I honestly, I, I don't think I can. They've been blown out in, in a ton of games. And I mean, they've absolutely been blown out. In like six of their last 11 games, they've lost nine out of 10. They beat the Bucks and give them credit for that win, you know, with no Giannis and no Jeru Holiday. But I mean, Look, all right, they had some sickness going on, maybe some injuries. I know Pop was sick and a little bit under the weather. Um, maybe, we'll, all right, we'll give them that. But, you know, it's it's a bunch of road games that they're coming back from, and now it's back home for the holiday. I do not like that. I would rather have a team that has to go on the road for the holiday versus 
go back home after you haven't been there for a while. Let me make a case here for the Pelicans, though. They're starting to turn it up right now. Herb Jones, he's missed four games on the year. Ingram's missed four. Zion's missed five. But now this starting lineup is intact, and the Pelicans have rattled off four of their last five games. They rattled off wins, and they're not only winning there, Mac. They're winning by margin. In the past four Pelicans wins, they've won by 11 points or more. Now, they did lose to Boston, and that was just two games back, but it's Boston, a good team, and uh, that was you know a loss by eight points, but there was no Zion on the floor. And I don't know, Mac, if you've been watching Zion, dude, but I'll tell you what, the last few games, this is kind of what everybody feared when he came into the league. And I'll tell you right now that it's true. Like, this dude's good. He's really good. And I'm starting to see, like, flashes of of that Duke Zion where you just see, like, this crazy athletic basketball player out there. And you're like, dude, this guy is the best player on the floor, no doubt. I'm starting to see flashes of that right now from, from Zion. But this Pelicans team, they're going to be tough. They're going, they're, they're playing really well right now. But I do want to throw one quick question there at you, Mac. And I think that this is really interesting. And I think it should probably perk up everybody's ears and maybe the light bulb goes off. The Pelicans played the Warriors twice this season, Mac. And in both games, Curry, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins did not play in either game. I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are there, Mac, if the Warriors might be trying to predict the future. Because this is a team... In the Pelicans that you and I were rather high on, we saw them push Phoenix in Phoenix. And now with Zion, I mean, we talked about this earlier on in the year. You know, what does he do for this team? Is he a super superstar? You know, is he worth five, six points to the line? Does he take this team from being a first-round exit to maybe a Western Conference final? The body language right now that I'm getting from the Warriors, they're thinking that they need to hide something from this team because Curry's healthy, so is Draymond, Clay, Wiggins. And they sit them out for both games against this Pelicans team. It gives me reason to believe that the Warriors may be a little bit worried about the Pelicans. And look, Mac, this is one thing I've always thought. And I've always thought this about NBA players and NFL players, baseball players. That those players know who the best player on the floor is in the league. And a lot of people will go, Kevin Durant, that's the guy. That's the number one guy in the league. It's easy to point them out. And I wonder if the Warriors are kind of doing that with this Pelicans team, that maybe they sat down, they watched them, and they realized that they just have everything that it takes to be a real threat. And that's kind of the way that I'm thinking that this Warriors team is looking. Like, we know who the best player is, and we think we might know who the next best team is, and it's those guys. That's what I'm thinking. Interesting theory there. You got me thinking. Because it does seem far from a coincidence that it's not like they rested Steph a bunch. It's not like they rested Clay a bunch. Two games this season, they said everybody's out. Both times it was against New Orleans. Here's another 3D chess conspiracy theory for you. New Orleans Pelicans currently have trade swap rights with the LA Lakers. Currently, it looks like the LA Lakers at 5 and 10, 5 and 11 now with the loss to the Suns. Probably not going to have the best pick. That will probably swap over to the Pelicans, which means the Lakers will receive the Pelicans pick. Now, I'm not sure how deep the uh, rivalry and tension between the Lakers and the Warriors organization goes, I'll say this, they are one and two most valuable franchises in the NBA. It's not even close. California teams getting all that money. I feel like it was, uh, it was like, Hey, if we're going to have to schedule a loss, a couple of games, let's, you know, let's kick the Lakers while they're down. Why not? That's my conspiracy theory. What do you make of that one? All right. Finally, 
I found somebody to go ahead and dive into my world of conspiracy theories. Mac, that's a beautiful one. I love it. It makes sense. It makes sense to me. It could, it, it, it could easily not happen. But just the fact of believing in something that crazy and having you on this podcast. Now, I feel like I'm slowly bringing you into my world of craziness. So I dig it. I like it. I like it. I like where your mind's at with that one. I'm just asking questions here. It seems far from coincidental <laughs> that those would be the two games and those two games alone. By the way, here, this is also my best bet. Going with the Pelicans, laying the seven here. To me, and I like the Pelicans, I like what you said about them. I do think they are ascending. I feel like Zion Williamson uh, defensively is finally figuring it out where he can be not just a positive player, but maybe a guy worth five, six points to the line when he reaches his peak. I see that happening. But my pick here is more about the Spurs. They have fallen and they are not getting up. So I did this query, talking about the Kings earlier. Since November 7th, yes, the Kings and the Celtics are the best teams in the league. You know who the worst teams in the league are? Well, the Spurs are the worst. The Hornets are the second worst. But that doesn't quite tell the story. The Hornets, they're the second worst team in the league since November 7th. The Hornets are losing about seven points per game, per 100 possessions. The Spurs, they're the worst, 14. 14 points. Twice as bad as the second worst team in basketball over the last two weeks. That's not a coincidence. It has everything to do with the fact that the Spurs are tanking this year. They had a little bit of motivation early on, a little bit of coaching acumen. Uh, after losing Josh Primo, I feel like there was some you know, reason to get up and prove their professionalism, that organization is strong. Now that's out the window. They've done good enough. They have a few wins. They're fine. Popovich can worry about you know what kind of wine, what kind of Napa Valley trip he's going to do in the summer. Who are they going to pick? Maybe Victor Wembanyama, but this season is they've been competitive long enough. I don't think that this uh, timber movement has quite been picked up by the market because it's not like they're doing a little bit worse than they were at the beginning of the year. They are doing demonstrably worse, not only than they were earlier, but worse than any team in the league by far. This this line is saying the Pelicans are a few points better than the Spurs. No, no, no. On a neutral, Pelicans by seven at home. Should be Pelicans by 10. I wouldn't be surprised if it gets to Pelicans by eight and a half, nine, uh, as the market weighs in on this particular game. I think the question that I have is that where where is this Pelicans team at right now, Mac? Are they, I don't want to say best team in the league, but are they equal with with a team like Boston? Are they equal with, you know, maybe like a, a well, team like the Suns? Like, would those teams be laying nine, ten points to this Spurs team because the Spurs are just that bad? Well, let me use the same time frame I was just talking about. Since November 7th, Boston beaten ten, by teams by 10 points a game. Sacramento, nine. Pelicans are third in that time frame, beating teams by eight points a game. Five and three, not you know not, nothing to write home about, but you look at their margins, they're actually playing the third best in the league over the last two weeks. I feel like that's not being picked up by the market at all. Yeah, their point differential is one of the best in the league, and that's just and a lot of that just due to, you know, the run that they've been on probably over like their last six, seven games, so. That team looks good. We're going to go ahead. We're going to give them out as our best bet. I don't think that that's um, too hard to go ahead. And I think I said six and a half there, Mac, uh, when I put my line down. But that the market's been moving, you know, the last couple hours. So I guess it's Pelicans minus seven. I just bet it at seven. So I know you can bet it at seven. Okay. Well, we'll go ahead. We'll, we'll make that official at Pelicans minus seven for our best bet. All right. With that out of the way, let's go ahead. Let's get into our featured segment. It is the Wednesday five. Uh, what is our Wednesday five contest here uh, right now? If you guys go over to pregame.com, uh, 
Uh, Mackenzie and I, we're going to have a thread in there. It's going to be very easy to understand. You guys will pick five players, and those five players have to combine for the highest amount of points. And if your team wins, your five players ends up with the highest amount of points. You guys will get 55 pregame dollars in your account. And the way that we do this is that the thread locks at 7 o'clock at night. We add up all the people. We add up. We find our winner. And if you end up with the top score, you're going to get 55 pregame bulk dollars in your account. So last week's winner was V-N-O-G-L-O. So however you guys want to say that, Vino Gallo, however you want to say it, V-N-O-G-L-G-A-L-O. That's how you say it. Uh, he ended up winning. Good good score for him last week. So he got 55 pregame bulk dollars. Uh, but again, guys, go to pregame.com. You'll find the thread. It'll be pinned there right to the top. Enter your five players. If they score the most amount of points combined, you guys will get your 55 pregame bulk dollars. So Mac, you and I, we have to go through. We have to give our five players out. It seems like we're really doing good with like three of these and then two of these turn out to be duds. And it's not like we're not picking good players. You know, we, we ended up picking, I think we had Giannis last time. He had like 14 points. Like, come on, dude. So let's go and let's give our five out. Let's go back to, uh, let's just call them Old Faithful because we've been using them every time. And that's SGA. I don't think there's anything really that we need to say about this guy there, Mag. SGA, I mean, he's got to be our number one, right? Most consistent scorer in the league this year. I mean, he wasn't even probably a scorer for his player a couple of years ago when he got to OKC. But Chet Holmgren not walking through that door. Josh Giddy at 20, not really showing the improvement that I thought he might at this point. It's really all SGA all the time. So Nuggets, not a particularly scary defense, especially away from Denver. So that'll be our first pick, SGA. All right, so SGA. Uh, next one's going to be Steph Curry. Here's my thing there, Mac. I saw a stat that came across. I don't I don't know what game I was watching. I was watching something, and they said, here are the most improved players this year. And Desmond Bain was in there. Kevin Herter. Yeah, there were a couple players in there with, that, we, that we've been talking about. But Curry was in there. And we were talking you know, a couple podcasts ago about you know guys that are improving and guys that can get to that next level. And it's it's surprising to see Steph Curry on that list because you ask yourself, how much better can that guy get? But, you know, when you are, I mean, in my opinion, the best player in the league, when you're the best player in the league and you're trying to go ahead and win, you know, not five titles, not six titles, not seven titles, you have to get better. And Steph Curry is getting better. He's going to go up against the Clippers team, who's going to be without Kawhi Leonard, without Paul George, arguably their two best defenders. And he's really taken over again. And it's not like it. I don't know, go back to like last year, Mac, and maybe the year before where it was like, hey, let's share the ball with Clay and get Draymond involved. And now they got Wiggins in there, but he's totally taken grasp that he's the best player on the team, the best player in the league. And he's going to go out and he's going to get his 30, 35, maybe 40 points a night. Like he he don't care. So we got to take Curry. I feel like we have to take Curry in this in this spot, especially against the Clippers without, without PG and Kawhi. I know a lot of people worry about blowout. But I'll tell you what, man, one thing about this Warriors team, they're struggling to blow teams out like they were in the past because their bench is just not playing well. So the starters got to do it all. Curry got to do it all. I think he has a big game. Steph Curry, this is the only stat you need to know, in my opinion, is having his best shooting season by far. By far. It's not even close. Not only did he have his best playoff series, not only did he just have in June his best finals ever, but he's continued that having his best shooting season, 53% from the field, for a guy that takes 10 threes a game, it's unheard of. Unheard of. They're only 8 and 10, so I get why he's not in the MVP buzz. 
Once they round into form, I really feel like there's value on Steph Curry. Just because he's playing the best basketball in the league, generally, eventually, that's going to be recognized. So Steph Curry's going to be our second pick. I'll, I'll make this one easy. Giannis has the highest over-under for any prop. He's facing the Bulls, who he generally kills each and every time. Uh, they, I think they'd won. I remember writing my hand up, my uh, my write-up for Bulls, Bucks, playoff series. And at that point, it had been like 17 games in a row where they didn't lose. Giannis had, and I know they won one game, the Bulls did in the playoff series. So that streak ended up ending. Either way, Giannis eats this team up in the Bulls. They actually got worse somehow in their front court defense where Vucevic has to play more minutes. I actually lean to the over, and I rarely do on a Giannis prop, but it's this high. Over 31 and a half actually looks okay to me, and I feel like Giannis is a great pick, a must-have for this Wednesday five. We're picking a lot of must-haves, and I think that's uh, I think this is, you know, we're gonna be grateful for these guys come the end of the week, in my opinion. That's that's how I see these this thing shaking out. All right. So we're gonna stick in that game there, Mac. We're gonna counter here. Uh, with DeRozan, and I think one of the issues here with this Bulls team is Zach Levine. Uh, he was benched a couple games ago. I don't necessarily know what to make of that or, you know, why he was actually benched. You know, maybe it was just poor play. It's funny because I had him in my DFS lineup that night, and it seems like every time I pick that dude, he just lays some goofy egg. But DeRozan played well. You know, after that, the last two games, he's had uh, 41 and 28. So I feel like he's going to be the guy that has to go ahead and, and keep this Bulls, you know, engine running here against Giannis. So we'll go ahead. We'll use DeRozan. I could see a big game coming out of this guy. It seems like he steps up against some of these good teams. Like go back to like when he played Boston. Uh, he had 46 in that game. Go back to when they played Miami in the beginning of the year, 37. Like he always shows up against some of these good teams because I think that he realizes like, you know, I got to be the number one guy against these guys to keep my team in it. So. I wouldn't be shocked if he has a monster. Yeah, just the other day he scored 40 against the Pelicans in a game. Bulls were never really in it. In the playoffs against this Bucks team, they won one game the Bulls did. DeRozan had to score 45 on 25 shots. That's generally the recipe for an upset win for the Bulls. Makes sense here. For our last pick, this one's simple as well. Highest over under besides Giannis on the board. Luka Doncic. Celtics play great defense. Reasons why this might go under, might go under his prop. That said, I feel like we got somebody that's going to pop here for 50 like Curry did last Wednesday. I just want a solid 28. That's what's not guaranteed, but that's what I'm expecting with Luka. Solid 28 so the other guys can round out. We can amass a record-scoring performance and finally win this thing. we got to win one of these things, man. All right, if we don't win this, Mac, I was looking for a wager tonight, and I was thinking about it, and I'm looking, and I'm like, do I want to give it to the people tonight? And I'm like, actually, how the hell can I get McKenzie to buy into this crazy pick? So here's what we're going to do. So next week, yeah, let's not do – well, here's here's the deal with the NBA bet tank pod. So we got the holiday coming up. You guys know that. So what we're going to do is we're not going to do the NBA bet tank pod, but we're going to pick that back up again on Monday because we got family and stuff like that and all kinds of stuff going on for the holiday. But there's a possibility on the Friday podcast, NBA Dream Pod, that I try to get McKenzie to buy into this. Here's my thing, Mac. Let me just ask you this question. I don't know if you play craps. I don't want to use the roulette table as an example, but let's let's say a craps table. How many times do you think that they can roll before they actually roll a nine? Like, are they going to roll 100 times? No, they're not going to roll 100 times without rolling nine. Eventually, it's going to happen. And if the market has this particular wager set where it's at right now, 
eventually it's going to happen. And I'm telling you, we're going to cash a really big ticket. And I want to give this out. I just got to find the right game and I'm going to con you into it. But tell me at some point when you're on the craps table or, or you like to play poker, isn't there like a time where eventually like that you have to start playing the odds and, and play, you know, the outcome is it's about, it's going to happen sooner or later. Right. Well, it's memory list. The roll of a dice is memory list. It doesn't care if you rolled a nine the last time or 200 times ago, but yes, it will happen. In fact, it'll happen 11.1% of the time. You're going to roll a nine. It's just math. All right, great. So then I can get you on this crazy pick there in a couple of days. I'll I'll easily talk McKenzie into this one. I'll get I'll get him to buy in. I'm excited. Stuff. I'm excited here. What is the rolling nine of the NBA? <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Uh, what else is going to be interesting is our agreed upon player prop. Mac, we we're going to go ahead and make this one real simple. We're going to go ahead and we're going to play Miles Turner under points, rebounds, and assists. You guys can get that right now at DraftKings. Uh, it's twenty five and a half minus one twenty five. The number's wrong. I don't know how else to say it there, Mac. The, the <laughs> number's wrong. If you want to explain why it's wrong, you can do that because you're better with explaining the numbers. But there's, here's my handicap. The number's wrong. That's my handicap. <laughs> I feel like it's an overreaction to the Pacers winning streak. Generally, when you win, your center's going to grab a lot of rebounds because the other team's missing. Your team's gonna, your center's going to convert a lot of easy buckets because you're getting a lot of penetration. I lean to the Timberwolves here. I feel like the Pacers, like I said, are just kind of getting hot at the right time and don't really have a fundamental reason why they're so much better than we expected coming in. I mean, only expected to win 21 games. And that exact same handicap applies to the player matchup. Miles Turner's having a you know good stretch here, you know, playing good basketball. But you look at his season-long stats, and you look at his stats in matchups versus Rudy Gobert and versus Carl Anthony Towns. They all point in the same direction. He should be slightly below, if not significantly below his season stats, averaging about 26.5 points, rebounds, and assists. So it's a little bit lower than that. I feel like it should be significantly lower than that. Just in the matchups versus Rudy Gobert, averaging only 13 points a game. So that's five less than his season average. I feel like it's a bad matchup for him. I feel like they're going to have to not play him to keep pace with the Timberwolves in a lot of these different lineups. So Miles Turner, under 25.5 points, rebounds, and assists is a play for me. All right. Well, the people were saying Sleepy Dot was a, a crappy handicap. They they were stamping <laughs> that one at three point six on my end. So here, I'll, I'll I'll put a little sweetener on that one. Look, the Indiana Pacers are winning games right now, but Mac, I mean, we can go over a list of the worst teams in the league. I'm guessing you would probably say Charlotte's in there because you already mentioned them on this podcast. I'm guessing you would probably have Houston Rockets in there and probably the Orlando Magic. The last four wins for the Pacers were against Charlotte, the Rockets, and two in a row against Orlando, but this this Timberwolves team is actually playing quite well. They won three games in a row on the road against Cleveland, Orlando, and Philly, and they just beat Miami at home. So you have two teams here, I think, that on the surface that look comparable to each other, but I actually don't think so. I Here's my worry, Mac, that the Pacers get blown out in this game, and it's like, there they are. It's like that uh, – it's like the Scooby-Doo uh, episode where they pull the mask off. It's like, you are an imposter. That's what I think this Pacers team is going to look like tomorrow uh, against this Timberwolves team. I think Minnesota comes in there and looks pretty strong. There's a lot of ways we could win it. There's a lot of ways we can win it. One, he just doesn't play because they're getting blown out. Or he doesn't play because they find a lineup without him that's that makes sense. That's what I think is more likely. And I think they're both pretty likely. So anytime you bet an under, you win with an injury. You win with a good defensive matchup. You win with a lack of playing time. I feel like there's a lot of outs here. Uh, much higher than a 55% or 
I don't want to say much higher, but a higher than a 55% wager here because of all the different ways we can end up winning it. And an ejection. Second tech, you're out. Uh, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind it. <laughs> yep. And uh, I don't think the books would be offering any bad beat refunds for that. Maybe it will. I don't know. But that'll wrap it up, guys. That'll wrap up the Dream Podcast for you guys uh, right here on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. You guys know where to find Mackenzie and I on Twitter at Mac and Rivers at SleepyJ underscore pregame. As I had mentioned on Friday, Mac and I will go ahead. We'll do the Dream Pod again. As far as the NBA Bet Tank Pod, we'll go ahead. We'll pick that back up uh, on Monday. If you guys are listening to the podcast, like, subscribe, leave a review. Again, if you guys are looking to go ahead and save some money at pregame.com, if you're looking to save $40 off any subscription, enter code Gobble Gobble. Mackenzie, if they're looking to go ahead and just give it a little test, what's the code? Gobble. Just one gobble. G-O-B-B-L-E. $25 off anything at pregame.com. All right. So there you guys go. Gobble, gobble, gobble. With that said, <laughs> I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck. Hopefully you guys have a happy Thanksgiving and a profitable one. Don't get too fat. Don't get too happy because uh, you guys could end up gaining a little bit too much weight. But with that said, we'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck for NBA Wednesday. Enjoy the games. <laughs>